Hey, everybody. Test free. Reading on Barbie's podcast. The story is uh, written in 2002, but finally made it, I guess, to the computer in 2016. story is called Lulu's Buggies. Lulu's Buggy. <clears throat> yes, you do. I saw one run out of your bangs and across your eyebrows. Didn't you feel it? I crooned to her. God, Jesus Christ. She's Lulu's so buggy. She can't even feel him anymore. She just itches. She's not the only sad sack. We hated bugs and the pain these tiny steel combs caused that pulled our dyed blonde hair out by its black roots were just awful. Oh, that kind of pain was suffering. Everybody had them, and the whole four-story red brick factory school was crawling. All an outright regular head lice epidemic had overrun our town, at least the east side of town. Even being born up on the windy Great Lakes with the wide cold rivers and the big ships couldn't freeze those freaking head lice back in 1954. Yes, you do, I said to her. No, I don't. She said, squealing, knowing we would be cutting off her waist-long, flaming, red Rita Hayworth hair. We all knew it was her. She was the one who didn't clean her head out last time because she had so much of it. So she, personally, turned around a good, healthy, second-winded, disease-resistant round of cooties Head lice, bugs, little nasty-ass bitchin' vampire bugs that feasted on our scalp blood. Where'd they all come from? Linda asked, looking around for somebody to beat the shit out of. Probably right here on the canal barges. Brought them straight up from New York City. She said, answering her own question, and we all took notes. Well, I can tell you, our gang ramped into action on the mention of head lice. We had them bad. In 1953 and in 54, our town spawned a citywide health scandal. Everybody on our side of the river was lousy, and something had to be done in the cold town of good people. <clears throat> we were cruising for the slacker derelict to blame. All it would take is just one lousy son of a bitch out of all the white 7,000 of us who won't clean their effing head out and we get a stronger round of lice again that following year. We're sick and tired of digging our heads until they bleed. If you're lucky enough to catch a cootie in your fingernail, you had to position in between the thumbnails and crack it like a crab and watch them jump too, like fleas. Yep, yeah, that's your own blood you're wiping up. 
A war on headlights broke out in the bored, freezing town of skinny, starving poor people in 1954. It began as a frigid day where you know once the pipes began clanging together in the school, the teachers couldn't yell over the racket of the furnace, and off we'd go home early. But today, it was so cold, Government people came to our four-story red brick middle school. They were women wearing all too large beige trench coats and black thick-heeled shoes they must have borrowed from the nuns at St. Anne's. <laughs> they, they, they were young. <laughs> they hefted several large boxes onto the alcoholic so-called teacher's desk and announced that <clears throat> an epidemic of cooties has overtaken the school. Well, we laughed so hard that all the eight classrooms shouted out to one another and turned the ceramic tile hallways into an echo chamber of teenage joyful voices that took the song of the natural harmony of slaves. Ha ha tell us something we don't know, we laughed groaning and crackling hysterical. You kids are so lousy that the school is going to be shut down for a whole week, Florence Nightingale said. Silence. Dead silence. I stared at her hard because she had hair cut real short, lopped straight off, and she spoke out loud and clear, and she wasn't afraid. Where's your hair? Are you a man? Some little urchin shouted up in the front. Euphoric grief, giant relief, and many orgasms erupted at that crack, and meanwhile, as we gruffawed, fallen out of chairs, we were shocked to notice quickly that nobody in her gang flinched at all. They were standing in a row with their hands behind their back like Germans, and they stared back at us when she said, No, I'm a woman with little kids, so I cut my hair short to keep it clean, and I wash it four or five times a week. I didn't ever remember a time when a teacher talked personal like that ever before. We couldn't believe it. Silence. Who could stand that many bats? Hell, we had to cheer her. Sure, she sure was weird, but she was shutting down the whole friggin' school. I guess we fell in love with her. That's right, shut the whole effing school down. They just pick on us anyways. We shouted out through the sweat and our wide open pores. We never seemed to know what school was for, other than keeping us warm in winter. But hell, we could have hung out at the laundromat and hot-wired all the dryers for heat. And we did that once in a while, when school was closed. We were missing so much in life that books were never on our list of things to get. 
We couldn't get used to the idea we had to sit still, be quiet, and listen to some drunk holler us at us all day. In real life, we were angry with emotion, and we only felt alive playing ball, dancing, screwing, or fighting, or running. And that was I. That was I. I was electric all the time, and the world just kept throwing more water on life connections I was making, making me go more and more up into my head. This was a time when I got help managing this way confusing life. Adults became interested in me and I was dragged through pinholes into other places and came out occasionally to do different things in a world that I thought mad. I was in the seventh grade. Florence Nightingale shouted orders, straightening her brown trench coat that was way too big for her. And I really was disgusted at her no fashion sense and the fact that she was wearing a man's coat, really. I really thought it was just awful. Form a line and come up here, one, up here to the desk one by one. And we did. They asked each of us kids up close in our face, how many in your family? How many people sleep in your house? It doesn't matter if you know who they are. Just give me a number. I don't need their names. Oh, great. That was great. That was Cinchy. I don't know most of their names anyway. Mostly three, Buggy Me said, meaning sometimes there were many, many more. Here's Kuprex, enough for six. Kuprex, enough for six people. Do everyone set at the same time, wait three days, and do it again. In between, you and this, use this little steel comb to get all the nits off the hair, Wipe the bugs on toilet paper, flush them in the toilet, enjoy the vacation. She winked at me and let me go, let go of my eyeball. Man, she talked right into me. Wow, school's going to be closed all week, I shouted, until I realized bugs. I had just peroxided my hair and it stuck out straight like straw. I liked it like that because it was way easier to tease up into the beehive and it would be hold together well under the lacquered hairspray. I had very long hair myself, which was seen as the mark of the wild woman by the Catholics, but I didn't know that then. I, nursed, I knew the nurse was glad she only had to ask me and tell me once, and I got what she said. I scurried off and waited for my gang to show up, falling deep into my very own deep thoughts, sitting with my back up against a tree, chewing on a pith of grass, knowing full well all the dogs have pissed right where I'm sitting. Cripes, after I put the Kupricks in and kill the lice, my hair will follow for sure, I moaned to anyone. It was like gasoline. In fact, I think it was. You had a gag and open all the windows real wide, and it was nasty. The bugs died on contact, and your scalp burnt red down into the little holes into your head where the hair popped out. 
It felt like pure 110 proof rubbing alcohol on those bloody scratches we dug deep as the canal we lived near. As the whole school got delivered to Cooprex Heaven and dismissed, we all gathered at the Penny Candy Store adjacent to school to figure things out. Everyone showed up carrying exact same bags of poison and torture combs. We laughed at the kids that had huge brown grocery bags. No one dared miss this meeting because it was called by our gang commando leaders. Our gang acted fast when we wanted to and we listened to each other. It was time to huddle, bunch up, and free hug, listen. All right, kids, this is what our leader women girls said. They said, anybody who won't clean their head, we're going to have to catch them. We're going to have to fan out around them. We're going to have to get them around, and we're going to have to get them down, and we're going to have to do it. And that's the way it's going to have to be. Yeah, that'd do it, I thought to myself. A huge sigh of relief. What about ma, our ma's and pa's and parents that some of them won't do? And they decided that we would have to be enough hollering and fighting, and all we got to yell is, the nurse said so, and that should make the parents do it. The nurse said so. The nurse said so. It really helped our parents when we weren't scratching silly, and they knew it. But they were lazy, and they hated washing up, too. I knew most of the parents did. My mother had a perm in her hair. She hated ruining it. We made a plan for assholes, cowards, and dullards who wouldn't clean their hair because we knew for sure we got plenty of them. We all divvied up to do the job and non-verbally agreed to come back to the same spot to report. This is our natural way. We always saw the space between us and used it. We all streamed away on our mission like the tendrils of a common barn spider coming home from the center that happened to be on a penny candy store on a owned store owned by a crusty wop geezer with a nicotine stains clogged up to his elbows. Ah. <sighs> Gotta read that sentence again. We all streamed away on our missions like tendrils of a com- of the common bio- barn spider web coming from our center that happened to be the penny candy store owned by a crusty wap geezer with nicotine stands clear up to his elbows. Jesus Christ, I says. I'm fucked in my head. In my immediate gang family, we had some dirty, filthy, scummy little brats who belonged to us and were assigned to us by other gang members. We had to take care of them. Everyone seemed to parent someone else. Everyone was a family, and it was nice. Girls about the same age were my sisters, and we were sure pissed off. We had this passel of little kids who wouldn't wash either, and it just they just pissed all the time. I didn't know if any of these kids had all their marbles because they cried all the time, which made us mad at us all the time. We were all mad any all the time anyways.
In addition to our own brats and our own family members of derelicts and nothings, we had the problem of buggy, red-headed bitch in our group, the fake Rita Hayworth, the one who would not clean her head out last year when all this bug nuts happened. All I could think about was the Rita Hayworth hair, though not nearly as pretty, but dead on for color and how I loved red hair myself. We all did feel bad for her. It has to be done, we all said. We knew her waist-long red hair will yield red bugs, and her red bugs are are jumping on us and mate with our own bugs, black, brown, and blonde, and everybody comes up with red bugs because they seem to be dominant. The blondes had already gotten really red bugs from Lulu. That meant they had mated with their own blonde bugs and turned their own bugs orange. You could see the orange bugs running along the parts in the hairs of the blonde girls, and this is serious. So we kids knew all about this kind of crap in this part of life. Our own Lulu had lots of problems besides her red bugs, and she was always filthy and stinky of piss from the little vermin she had in her pocket all the time. Piss and shit, Jesus Christ, and we knew she had cooties in her armpits because we all did. We had to shave our armpits, Florence Nightingale said, more about cleanliness. She said we had to wash and be clean if we wanted to keep lice away. God damn it. In my bathtub at home, there are huge spiders living in there. Trying on all the many kinds of clothes, waiting for all the just-in-case times. Who's going to clean out that? Right on the money the next Saturday morning early, we all arrived at Lulu's house and called her name and lured her outside. Come on now, Lulu, come on now. We want to see you. Hello, hello, come on. She came out rubbing her sleepy eyes. Bring the pet mouse and show us. We coached her, and he knew she'd never stand for dragging that steel fine cooth through through her lung, almost to the floor when she sat down here. We needed to pull the knits off her strands of hair with a little steel torture tool invented by Germans or Jabs, Mom said. So our plan was to grab her and throw her down, throw her head back and lap off the hair on her head with one snip and and then throw her down, pull her clothes off, and it would take all of us six girls. We never knew her legs were so long and gangly. God, she's a skinny, creepy thing. No meat at all on her. Bones and hair. We used some of our Kuprex supply to get her good. We noted our personal sacrifice of sharing toxic waste and became bonded in sisterhood forever. We could have lit her on fire, but we chose not to. Now, you know, that's decision-making power, a useful thing to know about yourself and your friends. It was really, really bad. Wait, back up some.
We had all seen that this rat or mouse crawling in her clothes, and today was no different. When we grabbed her and tried to held her down, it first pulled up her hair and chop, chop, chop. It was the longest red ponytail in the whole world. I imagine sculpting a white man back in the day and shouting, Coo! Lulu screamed and kicked and hollered, but we were determined. When he got, when we finally got our clothes off and before we had to do our armpits, there lay the dead mouse's blood all over her, too. We held her arms and spread. We knew it burnt. We threw it on her head and crotch. She she will never she never did hold still and she be, and become civil. She was wiry and wormy. It was really sad. She never would stop cooking, kicking. We tried to calm her down, explained it's just part of being the rotten old life and she had to learn to cooperate and not fright us, her own true friends. She had to go in under the bathtub faucet and rinse out the cuprex and wash her hair four or five times until it was all washed out. She wailed and cried so. It was a horrible pain we inflicted on her, and she hated us forever. Pain hurts worse when you fight it. She couldn't understand her relations to us. In the knockdown drag out, poor skinny little white Lulu didn't understand one for all and all for one. She didn't see why she couldn't just keep her bloody red bugs to herself. She couldn't get how she would infect everybody else. She couldn't get it, and we all suffered. The other thing is she also got us in trouble for stealing bird cage, bird cages. She walked out of the store with bird cages for her critters, and then the store dicks would be on us. Uh, anyway, we all felt bad. But we all knew we really couldn't count on her, though none of us ever, 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 ever again saw red-headed cooties as long as we lived. And we all figured that there was as close to getting to meet Rita Hayworth as we were ever going to get. The epidemic stopped. Three months later, the school in town repeated the Kuprex lineup. Project complete, Florence Nightingale said to me. Hey, where's the redhead? The End by Tess Free